everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Steve Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton, and joining me, as always, are my good buddies. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's Nate, back again. Hey, it's Willie. Good morning. Unless it's not morning where you are, in which case, terrible morning, idiot. Man, I thought you were going to go with the uh, the Truman Show. Good morning. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> that would have been swell. That is a good one. That's <laughs> such a good movie. That's such a good movie. Yeah, fuck yeah, it is. This is the Jim Carrey podcast, and we're going to start with the Truman Show. So, what were you guys' feelings of that movie? Oh, I'll watch The Phantom Menace instead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I thought this was the Sonic the Hedgehog movie week. I'm sorry. I was off. <laughs> is, that, is that coming out soon? No, but Sonic 1. Oh, oh, Jim oh. Carrey. Come on. Oh, duh. I was riffing Jesus on the Patreon. Christ. We all went different directions. Yeah, stick, with, stick with the bit. Stick with the bit. Come on. <laughs> We can bring this together. We can bring this back together. Come on, boys. That w- <laughs> How would you like to close out the show as your favorite Jim Carrey character? <laughs> oh, man. Well, now we're just going to wholesale steal Tad Pog's format, huh? <laughs> that, that would absolutely be uh, Ace Ventura. 100%. I would just have to end like, like a glove. If you did an Ace Ventura voice and I did a the mask voice, could we tell who was doing which voice? Hell, I'll add Dr. Robotnik. You still can't tell. <laughs> Yeah, just, just j- the Jim Carrey, unless he's not doing Bruce Almighty, and then <laughs> then he might be able to tell. Or his drama roles, because he did do a bunch of good dramatic roles. Because like if you'd seen like Man in the Moon or oh, Eternal dude. Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, those are both fantastic movies. So Man on the Moon, I hundred percent agree. Uh, Eternal Sunshine, I haven't actually seen the entire thing. That's one that I've just seen bits and pieces of. But Man on the Moon is fucking good. Yeah, and I know a lot of people give it shit. But the number 23 was also really good, in my opinion. I haven't seen that one. It's it's different. You know what I mean? But, like, I think Jim Carrey did a really good job in it for what he was going for. Have you all ever heard about the drama uh, with Man on the Moon between Jim Carrey and Jerry Lawler? Everyone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like you're not playing your Andy Kaufman role well enough if you don't cause drama. <laughs> I, just, I just remember uh, I've heard interviews where Lawler went up to the director and was like, he he does know that me and Andy were actually friends, right? Like, Andy didn't actually hate me. Like, that was all a work for wrestling. And the director went, apparently this is the director said, oh, Jerry, oh, Jerry, what can I do? He's the 800 pound gorilla. And I don't know what the fuck that means, but apparently that's what he got to us. <laughs> apparently Jim Carrey is an 800-pound gorilla. <laughs> I mean, uh, if it fits. <laughs> oh, man. But going back real quick to the Truman Show, um, what a wild concept for a movie like, and, or a story. And it's totally plausible that it could happen to somebody. Yeah, kind of. You know, if they were able to keep them in like the one town. It'd be really hard. Plausible enough. It'd be really hard though to keep an actor for that long to play somebody's like wife, best friend, mm. all that stuff. Like you get sick of that job after a few years. I feel like the whole idea may not stand yeah. up if you scrutinize it really hard, but as a concept, it's really compelling. I think. Oh yeah, I think it's a brilliant movie. But yeah, I feel like if you were gonna try to like do that show these days, it would be locking somebody in a com- computer simulation, and it would be seeing how long they could figure out until they figure out their in a simulation. And then I feel like there was a Black Mirror episode like that, if I remember right. So it's probably been done. It's like one of those South Park moments. Simpsons did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, gentlemen, have you, have you been playing anything interesting this week other than our game of the week, which we'll get to? 
I mean, just before I loaded up, before we loaded up to the podcast, I decided to jump into another game of Sonic Mania because I can't stop playing that game once every couple of months. <laughs> they have a um, mobile version of Rocket League that came out recently that's all 2D and you touch controls and it's weird, but I've been playing it a little bit at night sometimes when I can't sleep. It doesn't help me sleep any, but it, it means I can get angry at Rocket League when I'm not playing actual Rocket League. <laughs> I have. I also have a uh, laying in bed phone game that I play, but it's uh, it's called Modern Mania Wrestling, and it's like okay. you uh, you get these wrestlers and you draft them to your uh, your league or whatever you want to call it, your federation, and then you book shows and get you get star ratings based on your matches and your episodes, and you get money. And oh, is it like to- uh, Total Extreme Revenge or whatever that game was called back in the day? Kind of, like, not nearly as in depth as that, but yes. Okay, I imagine it wouldn't be, even though it's been like decades. No, yeah. Uh, I really, I really want to get one of those games. I had a pirated version of one way back in the day, and you want to talk about fucking in depth. Like I imported current rosters into that game, and it like let me use them and everything. It was wild. Yeah, I was gonna say fans are still making updated rosters for those games for all the time for like every like every corporation in like North America, Japan, Mexico, Indies throughout the world too. Yeah, and it's and what's crazy about that game is it's all text based. Like it's just it's just a little simulator. Like. Yeah, everything happens in here. It's like playing D and D with yourself with wrestling. <laughs> it's fun because people also make like historical ones too, and it's like you could be like, "What if I import this from like 1997 and try to see if I can keep WCW in the head of the war?" Or on the other hand, "What if I can try to lead ECW to win it all?" It's like the "What If" series, but just wrestling. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's up. Um, I've been I've been fucking around with a few different games this week. Um, Mostly some Star Wars stuff. Uh, I went through a huge modding thing uh, for KOTOR to bring it up to like playing these days and looking semi-updated. So that'll be interesting. I decided to fuck around with that. Um, Skyrim updated again and broke my fucking mod list. So I deleted all my mods and called it a day. I'm going to, I'm just going to wait a couple months. (laughs) See what's actually working by then. Yeah. And, uh, and play something else. Can you still but, boot up an older edition of Skyrim and play with your mods, or do you have to play only on the newest updated version at this point? Well, because I bought the newest updated version, like I technically have to play on that. There is a uh, downgrade patcher that you can get that downgrades your edition and then it fixes all the issues. But like, I'm just gonna play Fallout Four for a few months there you <laughs> in, go. instead. Reasonable. Um, I appreciate when they have the downgrade thing built in, like that the Minecraft launcher lets you launch any past version of Minecraft so you can play with your like stuff from back when it was in beta and stuff. Oh, I actually didn't know that. I really need to check Minecraft out more now that I have it. I need it's to one of those extensively modded games to the point where I think I don't think I've played the current vanilla game in like five years of versions. <laughs> Steam Machine Minecraft server when... Oh, Can't we just steal Zelnops? <laughs> <laughs> Go in and raid Zelnops and be like, we're here. Get used to it. Um, I'm worried that Minecraft's one of those games that I wouldn't enjoy, though. I think it's, I would enjoy it more if I was going into it with a group of friends and we were fucking around, going around building stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if it's like, let's build a town. I think that would be cool. I've had the most fun with it when it's been like small group projects instead of either trying to complete, because I really don't care about trying to complete the supposed story of the game, like progressing in it what any at all. But like, I do like just like making like a beach house with my friends and stuff. 
Yeah. And that's kind of how I look at like games like Ark and things like that too. I had a lot of fun playing Ark when it was me and my buddy Joey playing together or me and his kid Dalton. Um, but like playing it by myself is fun and everything, but then it gets kind of old, you know? So, uh, I also fucked around a little bit with y- Yakuza Like a Dragon. Nice. Yeah, you sent us some screenshots of that one, I think. Game is fucking hilarious, dude. I loved the look of that arcade that you went to. Oh, thank you for mentioning that. Dude, it's so cool to me that you go into the arcade and they have Virtual Fighter 2. They have uh, Fantasy Zone. They have Space... I think it's Space Harrier. Or it's like you're the guy flying around shooting the stuff that's coming at you. Yeah. Yeah, and then they have Virtual Fighter 5. Now... I figured that, like, you'd click on it or it's, they're just there for show. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay. So, I clicked on it and it brought it up. I was like, oh, okay. So, there'll be a little Virtual Fighter type mini game. No. It was the entirety of the arcade version of Virtual Fighter Five, And I sat there and played through. And it cost me, like, two 2,000 yen because I had to do a restart on the final boss one time. But, uh, yeah. I, is I went through a game reward for doing that? Like, is there, like, even an achievement or is it just something fun that they put in there for you to doink around with? I, I didn't I didn't get an achievement. Um, there might be if you beat the weird silver lady that happens after the final boss that like you can't restart on. I don't know, but I I haven't checked out any of the other games because I wanted to progress through the story a little bit first. But it was just so cool to me that like I wonder if the other places like because there's other cities in the game that you go to if they have different arcades with different old Sega games. Like, am I gonna walk into one and see Gauntlet or something like that? Be fucking sweet. Like, yeah. <laughs> nice, but uh. Yeah, it was just, it was really cool to, to wander around. Um, it definitely looks different than like, you know, I'm used to like Persona 5's art style in downtown uh, like Shibuya and places like that. Whereas in uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, you're not in that area at all. At least not in the part that I'm in. And it's more of a, uh, how did you describe it, Willie? A cyberpunk, uh, what was it? Like a ne- I don't remember exactly Neo what I said, Cyberpunk. I said it when I was looking at a screenshot. Now I'm not looking at the screenshot. But yeah, very like run down but futuristic at the same time. Like very it was just it's very like grungy like Shadowrun or something. In a way. In a way, yeah. It, 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 I would like to go to Japan and walk around and check it out. I would also like to go to Thailand and mm. South Korea. I think all three of those places would be cool. Just to try the food. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm. You should probably check out North Korea while you're over there. Yeah, I think I'd fit right in. (laughs) Hey, I'm a fat Westerner. I know you hate me, but hi. (laughs) Yeah, no, that would would go over like a fart in church. They might just make you their mascot, though. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? (laughs) Can you even imagine? Like, they just like have me sitting there just like while he's like declaring war in the United States. And I'm just like smiling. I don't know what he's saying. I'm just here to be a mascot. <laughs> <laughs> you just give a thumbs up, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fat white man approved. <laughs> <laughs> they put that in the corner of all the newspapers and stuff in a little circle. Would you throw that thumbs up? <laughs> and it has to have like my thumb slightly darkened from putting my bowls out. Right. We need to get you <laughs> in the right Pip Boy pose, dude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what's funny is I'm looking at the Pip Boy right there. Nice. And I always, you know, one thing that I I didn't realize when I first started playing Fallout and stuff is that like him doing that is actually like the the radius for the Fallout radius. It's like 
if the mushroom cloud is bigger than your thumb, then you need to get the fuck away until it is smaller than your thumb. And I was like, oh, no shit. Yeah, and if you actually look, he's actually closing his one eye and looking with his other at his thumb. Yeah, I was always pursing it as a wink, too. I never thought about that. It's it's a double thing. It's supposed to be like, hey, good job with a wink, but it's also like, that's what he's doing. That's frustratingly clever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Speaking of um, clever, uh, so the game of this week was not very clever. Um, as far as story goes. Now, before we get into it, and I'm sure we're going to side tangent a lot during this, uh, because I do want to bring up Diablo at some point, but like, I'm going to have a sip of this nice diet Pepsi. Not, not a sponsor. Yet. He says not a sponsor and he rotates it towards the camera like the scene from Wayne's World. Thank you. Thank you. That's exactly what I was going for. (laughs) What we got here? Sundrop. Oh. Some drop on a slip flop. <laughs> Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Oh, we have to fight. Now we got competing sponsors. <laughs> we have to fight. <laughs> Wait, Nate, isn't Sundrop an RC it product? Is. Are we all going at it now? Yeah, we're all with different <laughs> brands. Uh-oh. This is good podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that Family Guy episode where Stewie and Brian are out in the desert and they see a Dr. Pepper machine and they're so happy and they get up to it. And Stewie goes, oh, it was just a mirage. And then it turns, he goes, it's just an RC Cola machine. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I like RC Cola, but whatever. Uh, before we get, like I said, we're going to do tangents. I mean, say what you want about RC Cola, but the white grape diet right is probably the easiest to find diet grape juice. That's true. That's true. Also, Fago is really good. Fight me. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Like, Fago is, like, that's another one of those cheap sodas that, like, people, like, like just hate on. It's good, dude. <laughs> uh, I, anyway, uh, Grim Dawn for the O-dubs, as I like to lovingly call it, or the obligatory Wikipedia bullshit. Uh, Grim Dawn is an action role-playing game, otherwise known as an ARPG, developed and published by Crate Entertainment from Microsoft Windows in February of 2016, with a planned release for the Xbox One... In December 2021. Now, huh. I don't think this Wikipedia has been updated for a bit because the Xbox One is no longer the current Xbox by like oh, wow. a generation and a half. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, this game was developed using the Titan Quest engine and is set in a thematically dark fictional world loosely based on the Victorian era. Um like other prominent action roles, the majority of the gameplay in Grim Dawn centers around fast-paced action combat and collection of loot. Um, here's the thing that I thought was interesting. The game's crafting system, which I only discovered how to do the last time that I played by myself. <laughs> I found the dude. I was like, oh, this is how you craft. Okay. Um, the crafting system is a similar system used to that in Warcraft 3 Reign of Chaos's popular mod, Defense of the Agents, okay. which is Dota, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Dota. Yeah. And then Grimdon also builds upon the existing systems present in Titan Quest, um, featuring improved physics, uh, location-specific damage effects, dismemberment, addition to factions in the game, and a completely redesigned quest system. But at its core, Grimdon is just Titan Quest with a reskin. <laughs> well, what's Titan Quest? So Titan Quest is a game that's kind of like this. Hold on, let me hover over. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean for that to come off the way it did. <laughs> you ask a stupid question. That, that's on me. 
uh, our resident uh, dickheaded host, Dalton. <laughs> it's because my mind blanked and I was trying to find the button, the hyperlink. I'm like, where'd it go? Uh, Titan Quest is an action role-playing hack and slash video game. Uh, <laughs> basically the same as Grim Dawn, but it's instead of being like the Victorian like dark fantasy, it's more mythological. Like you play as like um, the, the picture I'm looking at, you almost look like a gladiator and it's fighting a Hydra. So it's more like Hercules-esque style. Oh, that's cool. Stuff, which okay. I'm all about. I would totally be down to play some of that sometime. So interesting. <clears throat> so they took Titanfall, which was a game that was similar to Diablo and made it but different enough with a different setting, but then made it Grim Dawn, which was more like a Diablo-esque setting. <laughs> yes, well, hold on. It was Titan Quest. Titan Fall. Oh, sorry, Titan Quest. I, my bad. I think is a shooter. Yeah. Which a shooter based in mythological times would be cool, too. Just saying. Like a like record. <laughs> I guess record would be that. But, um, but yeah, it, it looks pretty interesting. But, yeah, it, all these games stem off of, like, Diablo. Which stems off of Baldur's Gate. <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing how it's kind of like the evolution of how these games kind of formed from back in the day, which I think Baldur's Gate came from Ultima. And that all tracks, yeah. I mean, and stuff like that. It's kind of, yeah. Um, so here's the plot. I know you guys have been anxiously awaiting this. <laughs> the plot, I mean, the Grim Dawn. Yeah, let's go. Uh, spoilers. From playing the game itself, I can't tell you what the fuck's going on. Other than like people are miserable and you're living in the Grimmest Dawn. Yeah, basically, people are really upset all the time, and they tell you to go fight monsters. <laughs> That's yeah. really it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's like we're, we're dying quick enough without these things. Please go take care of them. <laughs> but the plot, uh, the game takes place in Cairn, a dark, war-torn world where once proud empire has been brought to the ruin and the human race driven to the edge of extinction. Karen has become ground zero of an eternal war between the two otherworldly powers, the Ethereals, who view human bodies as a resource to use, and the Chthonians, who are intent on destroying humanity before that can happen. And their leader's name is Chthonian Jeff. Chthonian <laughs> Jeff? No, no. I'm oh, I don't really believe this. I'm off the pod. Both yeah. of our hands, both of our hands. Wait, our I was going to say, both of you lean forward like, What? <laughs> I, bought, I bought that hook, line, and sinker. You got me. Yeah, I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> now I feel real hell. Who, who are the main faction leaders? Uh, that would be uh, Cthulhu, Jeff, and Ether Jim. <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, okay. Sure. It's, like, it's probably spelled G E O F F. I was thinking Cthulhu's Jeff. <laughs> oh, wait, that, that's what I was referencing was the Cthulhu's Jeff. Um, <laughs> humans at some point have come into communication with extra dimensional beings uh, they learned things from the whisperings of the otherworldly entities and eventually attempted to open a portal to bring one across naturally being paranoid of the unknown as humans often are they devised a way to imprison it once it came through through experimentation they learned that these beings made of aether and a sort of spiritual energy could fuse themselves with the human mind possessing and controlling the host as if they were to subvert a human's will yada 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 everyone's fucking upset because these two things are warring and they're trying to destroy the world and everyone's left to kind of just survive. Just, but a few survivors are kind of the third place in this war between things that want to possess us and things that just want to eat us. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And it says a few survivors have begun to exhibit strange new abilities after surviving possession or exposure to the warp, which is where your players come in. Uh, because you guys have the abilities that are given to you during class picking after you level uh, up for the first time. I see. 
other than that shit, dude, this game was announced in 2009. Uh, no, I'm sorry. They announced that they had licensed the Titan Quest engine in 2009. And this game was development was announced in 2010. And then it came out in 2016. Wow. So they spent a long time polishing and writing it, huh? It spent uh, three years in early access on Steam on uh, oh, their okay. program. How big is this uh, development studio? You said they were called um, Crate? Yeah, Crate Entertainment. I'm looking at their... They have put out Grim Dawn. It's their only game. Wow. Yeah. I'll look up some more information about it while you continue the plot summary. Oh, I, that was pretty much the plot summary. <laughs> Interesting. That's their only game, and this is the game, and they did it based on the Titan Quest engine entirely. Which makes me think that they were probably big fans of Titan Quest and wondered, like, what else could you do in this uh, engine? I don't know why my mind blanked on that word. So this it looks like it's a pretty small group. It's a group of about 13 veteran developers. Huh. So essentially we have a ROM hack of Titan Quest. <laughs> in a way. In a way. Yeah. Um, and speaking of ROM hacks, I haven't checked it out, but there is a mod for Grim Dawn that puts the entirety of Diablo 2 into Grim Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, dog, we heard you liked Diablo and the Diablo. <laughs> Which uh, I think that's cool though, because they went in. They apparently like the modders went in and recreated the um, pre-rendered two D landscapes and stuff of Diablo two and made them into the three uh, D. Gotcha. Which I think, which is that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that was cool about this game's graphic style is when you look it, loop into it, it looks basically like that kind of overhead two D perspective from Diablo, but you can fully rotate it and everything's actually this nice looking three D art. Yeah, that's one of the big things with this game that I realized is that you can rotate your camera, which comes into fucking handy when looking for, like, little things on the ground. And before I forget, little things on the ground. We'll get to, like, how, like, loot and stuff in just a second. But do you remember when we, you guys were like, why are there little glittery things on the ground, but I can't pick them up? Yeah. So that's because we were using the loot filter. That was filtered loot. Uh, huh. that was just laying there but it's like so it's letting us know that there's loot there but we didn't pick it up because we had it filtered so we couldn't even pick it up that makes sense no which but, oh go ahead I was like that's smart but I almost kind of wish there was an ability to like what if you could convert filtered loot into salvage stuff at a small fraction of its original price that would be neat wouldn't it I think you can um I could be wrong I could be confusing it with the phone game that I play <laughs> I was gonna say I think uh, I've seen that as a mechanic in some uh, idle games and stuff. Like I think there's something kind of similar to that in NGU. Like you can auto filter yeah. or stuff to merge together. Yeah, auto merge. Um, but the, yeah, the, I think at the blacksmith you might be able to break things down for components. But I I didn't. Ah. Uh, I could be wrong on that though. Uh, but that's a good segue into like just this game's gameplay loop is load in. Get some quests, run in a direction. Hope you stumble upon the quests, and if not, just kill a whole bunch of fucking shit on the way and loot them. Kill, 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 death fucking blooms. Let's do this shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just running around and clicking your mouse and tapping an occasional number key if you want to cast a spell. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about uh, character builds? You want to talk about loot? What do you want to talk about? One of the things I thought was pretty neat in this game is um, you actually dual class by default in this game when you first start it up you pick one of the 10 character classes but when you hit level 10 or so you just get a second character class and each pairing of the 
like 100 possible dual classes has its own name and stuff. Yeah. Which yours was... I was an infiltrator, which was part Nightblade, part Inquisitor. Nightblade is kind of like a stealthy or stealthy get in quick and do all the damage type, and Inquisitor is more of a support caster. And, and Nate, yours was Shaman. I, I've already, um, I didn't spec into the second class like hardly at all because I was having too much fun with all the Shaman stuff, but it was like Shaman and Pyrotechnic, and I was like an Elemental, I think is what it was called. Okay. And then mine was Death Knight. It was the uh, Soldier Necromancer. Yeah. But then my solo, my solo one from seeing the uh, the Shaman and what what we who we deemed Daniel. <laughs> uh, I don't know why, but I just I, I heard you call him Daniel. So I'm like, all right, that's his name. <laughs> uh, I made a Shaman Necromancer, which I called the Necro Shaman, but it was a ritualist. Nice. was what the combination name was and uh so i was like i want to see what this thing's got so like i cheated on that character and gave myself a bunch of stuff just to up to see like what everything did at max so i could talk about it on the show and i didn't want to do that with a character i played with you guys you know i felt like keep it fair with the, the multiplayer character but like bro eight skeletons daniel a, a blight fiend that you summon who stays out for like 10 to 15 seconds and then explodes in poison damage um, cool. the wind, the, like the wind, like the, almost like the little tornadoes that you could throw out, you get three of those. And then there was like this other ability that I had that you clicked it and it just made part of your mana bar go away because it was like a constant cast type thing, like a hell dispel, but it made all of the summons stronger. And nice. you just, I would just go up to these fucking big ritual towers, which we'll, we'll bring those up in a second. Like I'd click one, it'd summon the enemies, and they would all just die before they ever got out of the ground. So it was like I would click it, and loot would just start getting thrown at me. And I was like, "Oh goddamn, this is just this is just pay to win." <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I much more enjoyed it playing it with you guys, though. I feel like this is a very uh, multiplayer uh, heavy experience. Yeah, I 100% agree with that statement. Like, I think the multiplayer is really what pulled it all together for me. I think single player, I would have gotten bored within 10 minutes and just said, ah, this isn't for me. But when you're out there with a group of friends and you can just kind of, like, you know, bounce off of each other with what you want to do and have, like, three entirely different character classes all kind of working in synergy together, it just makes a much more fun experience than just trying to go out there and just bash stuff on your own. Yeah, Yeah, because it was like... I know it was nice uh, with our, our three girls three playing. It was like you had your your Daniel. Uh, I don't even remember what that Briar Thorn. Yeah, he was thing. called a Briar Thorn. Uh, him, and then we had my few skeletons, and then you had Willie with the providing the, the fire from the background for a while because he was using dual pistols. So we had the bullets. So he would start hitting them before we got there, and then we go in swinging, and then uh, playing with Dave as well. Um, I think he was using guns, and then. Um, no, yeah, I'm sorry. He was he was the necromancer, and he had right. guns. Right, right. And then uh, I think mine was I think I was that was when I did the oathbreaker soldier thing, or I don't even fucking remember to be honest. But in, in any case, like no matter what character build you make, like there there is a way to make yourself feel like a badass. You know what I mean? Like I never felt weak no. with a build that I had made because you can really go in and just start wreaking some fucking havoc. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, too. Is, and I don't know if it was difficulty setting or what, 
but it never felt like it was ridiculously hard to do anything in the game. It was just a matter of being sure you didn't get entrapped and get killed. But other than that, it was really easy just to stay alive and do damage. Yeah, I want to say some of the more major bosses definitely could put down some DPS on you, but for the most part, during especially normal encounters, it did seem really easy to um, kind of keep yourself healed up. And plus, you have the you know mana potion and healing potion button, and I'm over there throwing out like a second wind spill that gave everyone back like 25% hit point too. So, yeah, that helps a lot. And like a bunch of small buffs. <clears throat> I do remember when we ran in that one cave and Nate was a little bit ahead and he's like, oh, fight the boss. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I'm dead. Oh, I'm dead. Oh, I'm dead. Yeah, I'm dead. I'm dead. And it, it was because fucking poison damage. There are some poison damage things in this game that do not fuck around. And in that particular place that we had went in, uh, Nate, I think you were standing in poisonous water. And yeah. you had probably yeah. ki- killed one of the bugs that put off a poisonous cloud when it dies. And then the boss was hitting you with poison attacks. Bro, you stood no fucking chance. <laughs> poison yeah, damage is not the rest in the game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I got a little further, you know, in the single player than we did playing. And there's another area where it's not poison damage, but like, you know, when, so there are these things around the map that are uh, aether crystals. Yeah. And they kind of like yeah. spawn the the uh, zombies or skeletons, whatever you want to do. Like they'll spawn in enemies and you got to destroy them and take the aether crystal. And sometimes you'll use that to cleanse a shrine. Sometimes people need them for a quest. But uh there's this area that's this one long pathway that you have to run through. It's like aether crystals, but then the ground is like this greenish glowing blue. Well, that sounds ominous. And let me just tell you, I started running across it and all of a sudden I died. And I was like, what the fuck? So I went back to go get my stuff thinking that there was an enemy there that I missed that really just critted the shit out of me or something. And I started running through there and started noticing my health ticked down. And I'm like, oh, okay, so this is damaging ground, so I had to heal up. I had to hit a potion to be able to make it to where I died to get my stuff and then run up this little hill to get me away from it. But I would say that a lot of the a lot of the dying that I did was due to environmental hazards, not <laughs> enemy hazards for sure. Yeah. That makes perfect sense to me. Now, do, do either of you have experience with any of the Diablo games? It's been such a long time since I've played any. Like, I remember I bought the PS1 um diablo and played that for a while but other than that like it hasn't really been a big part of my gaming experience okay um well so i played a lot of diablo 3 for a while and uh, i played a lot of diablo 2 back in the day at my buddy emmett's house that i had mentioned on the uh, i believe on the patreon it might have been on this show earlier i don't even remember my brain is a fog right now but like um and this really scratched that diablo itch hardcore like hardcore um not enough to make me want to go back and play Diablo 3, which tells me that this did a good job at scratching that itch. Because sometimes you'll play games like I like I know Grim uh, played yeah, <laughs> Grim played some Grim Dawn, and it just made him go play Diablo 3. Like yeah. he said, he kind of he kind of bounced off of it. He didn't like the uh, skill trees and stuff, which to each their own, you know. Uh, but I personally, I felt like. Even though I didn't have a lot of... When it, we came up to the skill trees, I didn't feel like I was going to make a very smart decision. But I still felt like I was making my own decision. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I felt like there was enough options there that... Even though I didn't really know what all the buzzwords sometimes meant on the mouse over text, I'm like, oh, I'll give this a try. And if I like it, I can put more levels exactly. into it later. Because a lot of these things are like... You put like 12 levels into it before you fully used it up. So it's like... Yeah. 
I mean, it, it's not like you're committing everything all at once, like a lot of game skill trees feel like. And there's a lady back in the uh, the main town um, who will reset your skills. Nice. You, okay. you can't change your classes. Like, once you pick those, those are locked in, but you can reset your skills for scrap. Not scrap. Um, ten. Ten, was it 10? Iron. The Iron, yeah. The iron bits. The little currency. Yeah. Um, which... Uh, I won't say the currency was hard to come by, but like I didn't feel at any time I didn't feel like loaded. I never you know, felt I never the time felt where I felt like, like I needed to spend it with the other. Literally, where yeah. I was going to say yes, I I was getting it. I was selling stuff when I had too much stuff in my inventory, and I thought that was a major and fun part of the loop was bringing back a little extra stuff, selling off the stuff I had been using because now I got better stuff that's just outright out kicks it and that felt cool but i'm like i never knew how many iron bits i had because i never thought you know i'm gonna go to the store and buy myself a i don't know wheelbarrow or whatever <laughs> i don't know what you buy in these games well, like when i would be selling my gear i once i sold it all i would always mouse over all the weapons just quickly to see if i saw any green and if i saw green i would stop and be like all right yeah. how much more damage is that then and if it was like plus 50 or more I would just buy it and then swap my weapon out. You know? Gotcha. Um, so the weapons are, the items are, co- are color coded by rarity. There were a bunch of rarity levels. We were up to like the third and fourth level out of like 10, I think. Oh, shit. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that. No, I didn't mean the rarity level green. I just meant like um, a lot of a lot of times. Oh, like, the color of the DPS. Symbol yeah. Itself. The DPS gotcha. number will be red if it's uh, doing less DPS yeah. than what you already have equipped. So I would just kind of look for green on that. But yeah, I didn't even think that there's a rarity called green, which is magic items, I believe. Yeah, I think that was the third, the the sec, the third one because I think it was like common. Then uncommon was yellow. Then green was the magic items, and and then blue was rare. Yeah, and I don't think we really were getting stuff beyond blue. Oh yeah, and I th- I think even like yellow was considered rare, and blue was like super rare, which makes me wonder if purple was ultra rare, and then legendary at like World of Warcraft. Probably something <laughs> like that. I uh, imagine I they're probably so. just a very similar system. Yeah, but like I don't know, man. I I had a blast playing this with buds like it was a cool game and even playing it by myself was cool you know like i said uh it scratched that diablo 3 itch um but i i kind of wish the story was more engaging if i had to gripe about anything yeah i have a couple things that i would gripe about too like story was being one of the biggest ones because i felt like that you read the story i talked to a few npcs but i couldn't give a crap i just wanted to go kill things like the story was not compelling enough to make me want to care at all and then two i didn't like the way that um the character models were that there was only two character models in the game a male and a female character model and the only sort of customization was done by getting different pieces of armor or weaponry so i thought it was a little bit lazy on the developers part just to have those two character models yeah there is the slight bit of visual customization that you can um basically pay to use i think it was called the illusionist mm-hmm. and it would let you basically visually equip any item you'd owned before even if you wanted the stats from a different one which is a feature i always appreciate in the game mm-hmm. but I, I kind of agree with the story too but on the other hand i think if they had gone about 50 percent harder into story we could have had a game that was really bogged down by story and still not much more interesting like i feel like they were just going for a setting with a vibe and that was about it yeah yeah, this is definitely a looter, like straight up dungeon crawling looter for sure. Like, I feel like I just think that the setting was just there to set, give it a uh, the feeling that the place should have. But there, 
I couldn't tell you the names of the characters we met, even the ones we spoke to several times. There was a captain who had a regular human name. I don't remember what he was. Bonbons? I don't know. Okay, I guess I remember a character. <laughs> I remember there was Barnabas. It was some dude we had to help build a bridge for. I remember there was a yeah. he- enemy hero monster named Negan. So I yes, remember that we only because remember- it was The Walking Dead. Was it G- Julius, Fargus, and Negan? I think so, I did yeah. that quest like six times, so <laughs> I remember those names. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that was... Oh, and that's another thing is like... Um, I guess they don't Sorry. they don't really signpost that like you can hit I think it's J to pull up your quests and stuff even though like J for journal it makes sense but a lot of the, we, there was a lot of times where we were just like aimlessly running around looking for stars to show absolutely. up on the mini map and it was like yeah, if they would show up if there was like a bigger on your mini map and a star would show up and be like okay we need to go that direction not just like let's go aimlessly wander around. I get it, like that's what you're supposed to do is explore and all of that. But a general direction to work with would be nice. Now, yeah, it could possibly be that the NPCs told us what direction to go, and we all just clicked through it. <laughs> yeah, it's very yeah. possible, but but even in the journal, a lot of the time it would say like in the area of Whitehall or whatever it was called, Whitemire or you know the general like region in the map. I, I kind of didn't mind running around in the sides of the fog of war trying to find new stuff, but I feel like explore. I feel like if there had been much more exploration than combat, it would have got boggy very quickly. Yeah, so you there seem were to think, like, you would think the, the balance was done pretty well in the game, then, huh, Willie? I just think that the game did a good enough job with its pacing that you never really got tired of what you were doing, and you were already ready for one more round of it. Yeah, yeah it's. It's very much a, like a loop, go out, kick gear, come back, go out, go kick gear, come back. And in that way, yeah, did, it's always like that. Well, all right, let's do one one more go. So speaking of the main loop, did we explain like enemy heroes and shrines? Like, or no. is that so obvious to people who've played Diablo that they would already know what we're talking about? No, I mentioned those, but we didn't get into them, but we can. Um, I mean, it's not much of a thing. It's more along the lines of major in it. Well, how would you describe a shrine? I mean, it's like the main source of loot. Well, there's there's three different kinds. Okay. So there's like the little dinky shrines where like you put in an aether crystal or it might want like one of the uh, weapon augments, like a frozen heart or something, and you cleanse it and it spits out like three or four pieces of gear. Then you have the shrines that are like the really tall, big ones that have like the glowing light. And they're the ones that spawn like the big fucking tough guys who when you kill, they're the ones that just made it rain loot. Those were the when fun you ki- yeah. When you killed <laughs> everything, it just about, yeah. fucking rained swords and shit on you. Um, and then there were the, I think they were called desecrated shrines, which were the ones that were like dark and ominous looking with the vines growing around them with that blackish red aura. And those just spit out monsters as well and you just had to kill them. But I think that those spit out one monster, whereas opposed to the other ones sent out waves. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I think the only other thing that's kind of mechanical was clearing portals, which, again, you basically run up to that area and just beat up everything that jumps out of it. Yeah, it spawns in a bunch of monsters. You kill them all, and then you can use that portal. And they didn't even use that that often that I saw. It was only like two or three of those portals that we had to do that for. Yeah, I feel like most of the portals we ran into were just immediately accessible for fast travel. And I feel like the fast travel points were pretty generous in this game. The, the ability to just hit the L key... Yeah. And pull up a portal and go back to town and then come back through that portal and continue what you're doing. Primo. Chef's kiss from me. Yeah, because that's but that saves like a good 15 minutes of running from a already standard portal to go to get your loot, 
go back to that portal, go back to that portal to town, go to the kind of sell your equipment to, then go back through that and go back to the space you're at. So, yeah, being able to make your own personal portal was definitely really good. For sure. Yeah, when you said pacing, I mean, that's definitely one of the things is the game does a really good job of keeping you in the action. One thing that I meant to, to message Nate about and forgot was that this game has full controller support. Yay. I didn't so like, use it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like you could totally like run around and turn the camera and stuff like a little like top down game. See the thing is and, with that game, I don't feel like controller really makes a lot of sense for it. Like I know oh, I'm weird doesn't. about like that kind of thing where I usually always want to use controller, but I can't imagine using a controller for this sort of game. And I think that's why I probably never got super into Diablo as well, because I played Diablo one on a PlayStation One. And yeah. that experience is not the same as being able to play this sort of game on a keyboard and mouse. The hot bar seems particularly irreplicable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the hot bar, I think you would hold, was it left trigger or L2, depending on the controller you're using? And then your face buttons would be your spells oh, and stuff, I think. Wow. That Which I, that's, yeah. I'm used to that from MMOs on a controller. But like, yeah, I can see how if you didn't, if you weren't used to that, that would be kind of weird to get used to doing. I was thinking you were at least going to say it was like a weapon wheel, like some of the ports of like FPS games had, but that's even harsher. The, uh, you know, it's funny that like, I think me and Nate are two of the minority in the fact that we play FPS games with controllers. Like, I know a lot of people say that like shooters should be played with mouse and keyboard and like to a, I guess to a certain extent I agree, but like, it's just more comfortable for me to play with, sit, like lean back and play with the controller like, no, almost no matter what game I'm playing. Yeah. I, mean, I think I use controllers more than the average PC gamer, but less than you guys. Fair. <laughs> yeah, it's that's fair. Because like, I've just, like, for those who don't know, I only became a PC gamer this year. Like, I got my, I think, my gaming PC back in January. So, like, keyboard and mouse is a total foreign concept to me for the most part. Like, yeah, we had a old... 486 back in the day <laughs> but like that was a long time ago and it's been all controllers since then yeah. and even then back in the day when we played those classic fps games we usually played c- keyboard only like the classic uh yeah arrow keys to move control to shoot oh, you know, like strafe style a lot of those games to yep. follow too back in the day absolutely Dude, before before like quake 2 or quake 3 came out that was the default key bindings for almost every game oh dude when i first tried to play uh the first gothic that's the key. That's the default key binding. It's just con- just keyboard controls, and I'm like, dude, this is a three third person RPG. How the fuck am I supposed to play this like this? <laughs> but I know you brought up playing Diablo one on PlayStation, and it made me think. The first Diablo, I bound, I love Diablo two, and I know like Dave's the opposite. He loves Diablo one. Uh, shout out Dave, Tadpog, Tyler, and Dave play all games, and our uh, newest Patreon subscriber. So thank you to Tadpog Podcast. But anyway, um, thank you guys. Diablo just throws you to the fucking wolves who the first boss is so goddamn hard. The butcher? What the fuck? I had to cheese him. I had to shut that door so he was like, couldn't attack me, but I could attack him and get him through the door or whatever that fucking little bullshit trick is to beat him. I couldn't beat him legitimately. That's kind of like tried and tried. guns were doing in freaking um, Grim Dawn because you could shoot through the walls in Grim Dawn and the enemies couldn't get to you at all. So like whenever like yeah. Billy had his guns, it was just like, for me and Thought we're trying to figure out how to get through that wall so we could go fight him, and Willie was just killing them all. <laughs> yeah, it was tremendous. Yeah, yeah. If it was like, did it work on solid walls or was it just ones that were had like bars and stuff? Either way, yeah, they'd be they would the all be thing, fucking dead. <laughs> it was fairly random. Like there were barred 
doors and gates that you couldn't shoot through. But like when we were in the city, especially like the the ruined town that we were trying to clear out, like I could basically shoot through house walls all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, that, I don't know if that's intended, but it felt good because I feel like the dual guns had less, like, flat DPS compared to you guys' you know, melee attacking. But on the other hand, I could, you know, do them from a distance and stuff, too, so I didn't feel like I was just useless. Yeah, no, your guns were good. And I had a lot of <laughs> spell options, too, which really helped. And Because a lot of time I wasn't even gunning. I was just like, magic knife, magic knife, magic knife, magic knife. <laughs> the, uh, I know at least in the early levels, because I, I stopped using them as, as I got higher level, but the rifles, like the two-handed rifles, mm. dude, you'd run up to an enemy and two-shot it. Just, boo, you'd shoot it once and it would have like three HP left and you just shoot it again to put it out of its misery. I've really thought about using a two-handed gun, but Inquisitor has like a specialty that basically makes them really good with two-handed or with two one-handed guns. So it just seemed like the way to go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like um, Shaman class is basically asking to spec into two-handed two-handed heavy weapons. And by the time like I was doing that, I was loving the two-handed heavies. And then I got my um, Briarthorn, which I affectionately named Daniel because he was my pet, and. I was just able, he would just send him out, he would go start tearing up people, and then I'd come and hit one time with my broadsword and be over. Yeah, dude, they, fucking pets did some fucking work. Like, between, like I, I said, between shit. our pets running in and his bullets flying, like, me and you had a pretty easy time that night. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny, too, because they just summons this little horrible monster, and he's like, I will call him Daniel, and all of a sudden, he became as much of a member of the party as anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, that's like it took me a minute to remember it was called a Briarthorn. It's kind of like that Nexomon. I cannot tell you what his name is, but I can tell you I named him a Doofer. And that's what I call him, as Doofer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm looking forward to playing Nexomon, dude. That sounds like such a good time. I was going to say, that's probably going to be my next uh, host choice. Oh, sweet. Oh, I'm into that. I'm down. Spoilers. Yeah, man. Gentlemen, is there anything else that you want to touch on about Grim Dawn? Like... It's kind of a, uh, I don't know, it's a very wide puddle. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. There's a lot to it, but it's not really deep. <laughs> yep. That's a very good descriptor for a wide puddle. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a lot. It, it, I I expected when I played this game that, like, I'm so glad I joined in you guys together first, because I think if I played it by myself, or if, even if I'd played with people that didn't know what they were doing, I might have been put off of it after an hour or so. But I feel like once we kind of... You know, you guys pulled me forward a little bit enough times. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm contributing. I get what's happening now. And then just make number go up, always feel yep. good. That That is the key to this game. Make number go up, feel better about it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, Diablo is just a really active, primitive, incremental idol game. <laughs> it's cookie clicker with monsters. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a dude clicker. Dude clicker. <laughs> dude, dude clicker simulator 5000. Nice. You click him enough times, he'll get a boner. But he never really gets a boner. He's got ED. Oh no, uh, poor guy. But but if you get the Viagra DLC four ninety nine, it's boners all day. So. <laughs> yeah, because there was oh. DLC for this game too, right? And we were playing yes. with the DLC. What do you know? What the yes. DLC actually added to the experience? Because I was thinking about that. It's like we never played without the DLC. I was just curious to what it actually did. So the DLC, um, full, full, full disclosure, I thought we were going to get a lot further in this game. The DLC is more like later content mm. for like further on into the game. Um, we did get to the point where I talked to that emissary and then there was that big glowing green portal 
that was there. Okay. And if we would have went through that, that would have taken us into the Forgotten Gods oh, okay. uh, DLC area. Um, the Crucible, uh, I think that's just like a thing where you can uh, make a character build and then go in there and try it out in like an arena style oh, nice. fight thing. And then the Ashes of Malmuth, I honestly don't know. I okay. think that's just that's looks, more in-game stuff. It does look like um, when we said ten classes, I was including DLC classes. The base game only had six character classes. Oh, oh okay, but, that's right. Oathkeeper was added with uh, with uh, Forgotten Gods, I believe. Um, I don't remember what the other ones were. There, there's a mod though. Uh, real quick, th- while you're looking up, because I think you're looking it up. Um, there's a mod. I'm trying to, but I'm not doing great. That yeah, Inquisitor and. Um, Inquisitor and Necromancer were both added with Ashes of Malmoth. Okay. Oathkeeper was added by Forgotten Gods. Ooh, how well. sad would that game have been without Necromancer? Like you and Dave loved Necromancer. Yeah, that's a good. It's a good ass class. I was Inquisitor stuff. Yeah. I really loved the uh, area effect spells and the um, ranged attacks and the double guns. Yeah. But um, there, there's a mod that adds in I think like 53 other classes from different games oh like this. Oh my god. It's just, yeah, the endless possibilities of putting together fucking class combinations. Just like if they, it was random classes from random games, too. Like, you could be tourist from NetHack if you wanted to. <laughs> um, I, I know that there are, like, mods to put in the Diablo 3 classes and the Paragon levels and stuff from Diablo 3. Um, there's mods to put in the classes from Path of Exile. And then this one I'm talking about, I think, just encompasses all of these into one. It just adds the classes from all of these fucking games. <laughs> That's wild. Which it's called Path of Everything. I wanted to I want to install it just to see just to see. You know what I mean? Go in there when I level up and I've got like f- 60 classes to choose from. Just be like holy shit. <laughs> That's one of those situations you get in where you have like the uh, paralysis of choice because you have way too many options in front of you. You yep. can't make one where you'd have just been happier if they give you four options. <laughs> <laughs> the Netflix parable. I'd be afraid of- <laughs> I'd be afraid of parabolicis of computer. You get to that menu and it's like, sorry, you need 16 gigabytes before you can even see the screen. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so I don't know. There's there's still a bunch to the game that I haven't seen that I'd like to see one day. Yeah, maybe we'll fuck around with this in some off time or maybe I will at least. Yeah, I don't know if you guys will or not. It's up to you. But um, And the mods, like I said, I'm going to check them out. Um, but if I had to give this a rating... I think I would give it a 7.5, no, 7. I'd give it a 7 uh, Aether Crystals out of 10 Dawns of Grim. No, yeah. fuck that, 7.5. Seven, seven I'll give it 7.5. <laughs> I'm sitting there pretty similar to you, because I think it was best described when you said it was a very shallow puddle, a big, a wide shallow puddle, because like there's a ton to do, it'll keep you busy, but the depth is severely lacking. Um, it looked cool. It was fun to play, but it definitely could have been improved on in several areas. Um, it's a good way to waste some time, but it's not something that I'm going to ever be super passionate about and telling everybody they need to go buy Grim Dawn and play this now. So I, I sit it at a seven. Uh, I'll give, I mean, I think you guys have basically uh, pretty much said exactly what I do. I, usually I feel like there's some enthusiasm gap. Like usually one of us, doesn't like the game as much as the others. Usually Dalton, if we don't have agree on a game, Dalton likes it. Nate's kind of cool on it, and I'm in between. I think we're just pretty much all in the same place. I'm going to give this uh, seven Phantasmal Blades out of ten dual guns. Heck yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And I do want to say <clears throat> that the base game for Grim Dawn, when not on sale on Steam, I'm looking at it right now, is twenty four ninety nine. Um, when it's on sale, it usually goes on sale for about six bucks. So not like, on sale. I'd, I'd say catch it on sale. Uh, I will say that the recent reviews are at overwhelmingly positive, and all reviews, it is very positive overall. So people generally dig the game. Yeah, and I think that's also part of the Steam review system because I would give this game a thumbs up on Steam, which would give it a positive, which would add to yep. the overwhelmingly positive thing, a positive response. I find it hard to find that there's going to be a lot of people that would want to go in and write a severely negative review of this game. Yeah, yeah, I can feel I that. I think the only way, I, I mean, you said Grim didn't really enjoy it because he just would rather be playing the game that inspired it. But for the most part, I can't imagine getting into this game knowing what it was in advance and not getting what I expected to out of it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's hard to be hard to be to write a downright thumbs down review for it. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, well then, gentlemen, let's get to some uh, some uh, house some housekeeping. See, I said it right this no, time. No, say house cleaning. I'm sorry, house- I didn't mean it. <laughs> It's time to get. It's time to get some house cats in here. <laughs> All right, it's time for the house kitty. Um, I think we're gonna do graveyard keeper next week. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and the the current polls that are up, if you want to come vote on the polls, it is a bit.ly slash tsmp discord, all capital letters. Uh, the next poll, uh, we got fall of light, Wolfenstein New Order, uh, Shadow Run returns. Borderlands and Darksiders, and uh, overwhelmingly, Borderlands is winning right now. Shocker. Okay. Which I almost wondered if Steamy was listening to our last episode because when I was telling you guys about Grim Dawn and stuff, I said it'd be cool to play Borderlands at some point because it's like Grim Dawn was a looter shooter, but it's first person. And then it came up on the fucking. <laughs> Next time I made a list. I feel like Steamy's always listening, man. Steamy is just always listening. Yeah. And and he sees when you are <laughs> The thing is, is like I would admit if I was like, no, I cheese this poll and put five games that I just want to see what happens. You know, I've done that before. But th- no, this one was straight up legit. Um the only one that's even close to having the same number of votes as Borderlands is Shadowrun. And it's not very close. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the short game poll is super not close either. Oh, no, you're right. The, uh, the next short game poll, which the winner was uh, <laughs> Haunt, uh, Midnight Mysteries 4 Haunted Houdini. So that'll come up next time we're playing a long game. But for the poll after that, yeah, dog, with an overwhelming number of votes is Cluster Truck. Like, I'm not even going to read out the other ones. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, I think everyone in the Discord at this point has voted and overwhelmingly Cluster Truck has won that one. So... Once we do Houdini, that'll be the next one. And I think like, I've looked up videos of Cluster Truck, and I think it's like a platformer where you're running on the back of these trucks that are going wild, and you have to just like stay running. I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. It's a weird one, but it, it looks like it'd be a fun time <laughs> for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. It might be one of those games that we can all play for like an hour and be like, all right, yeah, we can play whatever we want for the rest of the week. We'll talk about this <laughs> next week. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, uh, so, I, you know, like I said, if you guys want to join the Discord, bit.ly slash TSMP Discord. Um, Patreon, uh, we love our patrons, every single one of you, uh, with a special shout out to Nate Sir Cogsworth, the 7th of Juniper, Jeff, the original, the original Expendable, old Jeffy Loop himself, and Arisa Adam, shout out to his podcast, Revival and Extinction. 
And uh, thank you very much for all that. We appreciate the generosity and the, you listen to us. Yeah, for sure. And to one Dave of Tadpog and to one Arisa Adam, both. Good luck on your new jobs, gentlemen. Yeah. I hope I hope they go and work out well for you. Um, merch link, if you want to buy a cool-ass shirt, um, you go to tsmpproductions.threadless.com and get a, uh, get a shirt of Rooney. Uh, I'm going to throw in a quick plug for James from the JRPG Report because I'm wearing one of his fine nifty shirts that I got from Threadless uh, over at the jrpgreport.threadless.com. Uh, I just felt like, you know, he's a good dude. He, he always shouts us out and stuff, so I'd like to shout him out as well. Um, other than that, Nate, you want to go ahead and plug your uh, your Twitch stuff, my good boy? Oh, yeah. You can find me on the three T's, Twitch, TikTok, Twitter, at Turtle Bear Man. God, that's a lot of tease. But yeah, catch me there playing retro games. Um, last week, I started on Donkey Kong Country 2. Hopefully going to finish that up this Friday. And Sunday, going to dive into Carnov for the NES. Oh, yeah. Hear me out. You should be the one that plugs the third list link because you could be like Twitch, TikTok, Turtle Bear Man. And if you like, <laughs> And if you like tease, put a T on yourself. Oh, on Threadless. Oh, yeah. snap, son. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work it out in post. <laughs> in post? Uh, in post? Willie, is there anything you'd like to plug this week, my good sir? Truncate silence, because I thought about that for about 12 <laughs> seconds before not coming up with anything. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Truncate right. Silence. <laughs> Shout out to Truncate Silence. Um, on that note, then... Um, I am. Uh, I mentioned this in the Patreon, and if you want to hear more about it, you should you know, donate a, a dollar you do, and you'll get the Patreon episodes early, and you get to hear our shenanigans for at the beginning. But uh, I am going to hash out doing a Star Wars show, because I've never uh, delved into the the world of Star Wars. and uh, you know. Um, so I'm going to do that. I'll hash out the details. I'll bring it up again once I hash out the details. But uh, keep an eye out for that. And I did something special and stupid this week to end the episode on. So uh, I hope you all enjoy. I uh, I freestyled a rap. Oh no! Off off the top of my head <laughs> about Grim Dawn. Uh, so if it's not like you know your favorite rapper quality, I apologize. But I hope that you guys enjoy. And uh, I believe that's it for this week's episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. Well, I'm so, expecting Dalton Shakur. That's all I'm saying. You're expecting what? Dalton <laughs> Sorry, you cut Shaker. out. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, anything else before I cut it off, gentlemen? All right. Well, then, as always, ladies and gentlemen, they are the process of destruction. Turtle Bear Man, Nate, Ice Brand Studios, Willie. I am Steam Machine Dalton. And as always, guys, uh, I'm not putting my mouth on that.
we do what we want Storyline, ass out the back door And we gon' front that shit like nah But killing people Demons everywhere, they dropping yellow, greens, and blues gear everywhere. We got find it, put it on, and get better and better. Soon along, we making more and more, and soon we stacking up the cheddar. Like, oh damn, we be in that, we be in that. Grimmest down, the grimmest down, the grimmest down. We be in that. Grim, we fucked him up in the grimmest dawn.